Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximising your investment returns. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Um, For today's podcast, I was actually going to have a bit of a chat about portfolio returns or stock selections and really timing um, and how that affects the returns that you might get. So often people with their portfolios, uh, you you might have two different people with a share portfolio and they're getting different returns and and it has a lot to do with stock selection and also timing of the entry within in the market and and some of the figures that I'll talk about today will highlight this how it's very hard to compare different portfolios like you might have friends that have got portfolios or you may be using brokers out there that are constructing portfolios and running a portfolio for for yourself and the timing and the stock selection of what you're doing with that stock selection and the timing of your entry into the share market and or out of it can affect your returns and it can make huge differences and I'll, and I'll give you some examples but let's do some uh, give you some basic figures first so we can have a bit of a chat about this um, and if we look at the the performance of the all ordinaries index I mean it's often talked about that the all ordinaries index over any 10-year period averages somewhere around you know 10 to 12 percent somewhere in that sort of bracket um, with dividends basically or if just looking at the all lords itself it's going to be somewhere around seven or eight percent on average return that you're going to get over a 10-year period now if we look at from the period of january 1982 through to december 2010 a few years ago, a few months ago early uh, seven months ago then we're looking at the the gross return of the all lords index is around about 714 percent over 29 years so if you look at that and say, okay, well, how, you know, 714% gross return in that time sounds pretty impressive, but what is the kind of return that you're going to get? So if we look at, if we had a, a if you get a 10% return, there's a rule of 72. They say, you know, divide whatever return is into 72 and it'll tell you how long it will be to double your money. So for example, if you divide 7 or 7% return into 72, that's 10. So that would be 10 years to double your money. If you were getting a 10% return, you divide that into 72 and that means 7.2 years to double your money. So if you look at, let's say, getting a 10% return over the, the 28 years or you know, 29 years, you'd be looking at a much higher return. And if we look at, so if you, you could multiply that out yourself if you, if you wanted to do that, but it would be much higher return. If you only got a, a 5% return over the, the 28 years, you'd probably only get about a 400% increase in your portfolio. Um, whereas a 10% return would be something like about a 16-fold return on your on your investments. So therefore, the, those figures or that figure that we talked about with the All Ordinaries over, over that 29 years is pretty accurate around about that 7.5% um, where it would take about you know 29 years to get that 700-odd percent return on the All Ordinaries Index. It gives you in the bracket. And if we look at a dividend yield, an average of 3 to 4%, um, dividend yield that means you know, a portfolio following the all ordinaries index over that period of time would average somewhere around 10 11 percent but that's where the things get quite interesting and as i said those re- those returns are a long-term sort of assuming buy and hold and assuming following the all ordinaries index but if we look at same figures using from january 1982 now let's assume we invested a thousand dollars on january 1982 now if we just held that through to to the end of December, 
that would have turned into just under $8,000 or $7,700. Because remember I said the return was around 714%. So around that $7,700 mark plus dividends on top of that. So that was the 1st of January 1982 through to the December 2010. If we'd waited three months to invest, so waited for that first quarter of two, um, 1982 to go, so from, instead of in, investing in January 1982, we waited till the end of March uh, 1982, our return actually dramatically increased. Our return actually would go somewhere up nearly $9,000. So we'd get nearly a 30% increase in our return simply because that first quarter in 1982 was actually a negative quarter where the market went down by 22%. But here's the interesting thing. I kept going and said for the whole year, so what if we missed the second quarter? Well, if we missed the second quarter, your return was pretty much the same as investing in, so, so we'd be investing in the after the June quarter, so that's six months after the first initial investment. Your investment return would be same as about investing in that second quarter, not the first. If we went to the third quarter, so now nine months after, so we've got now to the September quarter, if we invested in that, you got a good return, around the same. And if we invested in the fourth quarter, 12 months, your actually return would have been less than what you would have got on the, the third quarter, so the September quarter. So by when you're timing your entry, but you still got a better return 12 months later than investing in on that day or on that first, on the 1st of January, 1982. So 12 months later, you're still investing in the All Orders Index, still investing $1,000. You got a better return than investing 12 months earlier. So, and even with skipping each quarters, we found that investing in one got your better return than investing one the next quarter. And so what we're looking at is, is timing your entry here can make a difference to your return. And sometimes a substantial in difference in your return because it gets compounded over a period of time. And so to me, what it was, was looking at that figures and saying, okay, well, so it very, it's very hard for people to time their entry into the marketplace because let's face it, not really a lot of us know whether the market's going to go up or down in the next quarter. We can have an idea of what we might like to do, but then what happens is is we get announcements coming out in the world about, you know, at the moment it's the US debt crisis, et cetera, and things can change. So what we would assume might happen, um, sometimes it turns around and, and does the opposite of what we're expecting. But generally we get it right most of the time, but at the end of the day is we're not 100% sure about how the market's actually going to work. But if we look at, at figures, and I'm shuffling my paper here because I've got all these different figures down here, if we're looking at the returns of the All Ordinaries Index, if, for example, well, I talk a lot about portfolio preservation or preservation of capital where we exit, and we talk about that in my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20% by making sure you put stop losses. I talk about it on Sky Channel and a range of different areas. I say to them, just preserve capital because what you do not lose determines how much you make. So if you don't lose 50%, you don't have to make 100% to break even. If you don't lose 10%, you don't have to make 11% to break even. So what I've done is done some figures saying, okay, let's assume again the same $1,000 in 1982, January 1982. We started off with that. But now what we did was every quarter where the market fell by more than 5%, we capped the loss at 5%. That was it. 5% you know, multiplied by four quarters is 20% per annum. But let's just say any quarter, 5% loss, cut the loss at that. What we had, that $1,000 over the same period of time, instead of getting $7,700, it now rose up to $35,000.
by simply cutting out some of those big losses in there. Because we know, in, you know, since 1982, we've had the 87 crash where the market fell by 50%. We've had other periods where the market's fallen by 20% or 30%. So we've had some pretty big falls. And obviously, more recently in the subprime market, the market fell again 50-something percent. So by missing some of those big falls, we've actually got a much better return. And, and the difference between you know, $7,735,000 is a huge difference. And we're only talking straight capital. We're not talking about costs involved in that. We're not talking about dividends or anything else involved in that. But the reason why I did that was just to, it really was to highlight how preservation of capital may work. Now, at times, you know, your, your portfolio is not going to perform. And we've seen many, many, many times where the market's gone sideways for two and three and four years. But the, and over the but over the long period of time, if you preserve capital, you will come out on front and you will come out largely on front over anybody who's a buy and hold strategy. Um, I think I'll leave this this podcast right here and I'll probably do a, a second one where I, what I want to do is actually go into showing you the, the returns on the, the top 20 stocks to show you more about stock selection, about how different stocks within a portfolio will actually can make the portfolio actually do really really well or the returns will go down depending on what stocks are in that portfolio but i um, mean hopefully you've enjoyed this uh, podcast and, and obviously find what i'm talking about quite interesting because to me it's also about you know always getting back and having a look at the reality of what's going on in the marketplace but i look forward to chatting with you on our next podcast and you've been listening to talking wealth and i'm dale gillam the chief analyst here at wealth within take care Talking Wealth was brought to you by Wealth Within. To learn how you too can maximise your investment returns, call 1300 Share Trade.